Good evening, everybody. My name is Jordan, and this is episode 28. Yeah, 28. Episode 28 of Sodom and I. And today, we are going to be talking about uh, part four, or I guess the fourth church that Jesus, you know, wrote letters to, or that John wrote letters to, but it, it was Jesus. Jesus told him to write these letters. This one is to Thyatira, and it's called uh, A Call Not to Tolerate Sin. So, I know this is a super uh, lighthearted podcast, and we're talking about God and Jesus and everything, but sometimes, most times, we got to get serious. You know, it's time to talk about not tolerating sin. So this one might hit a little close to home, but I promise I'm still your friend. (laughs) I'm still your friend. God is still your friend. He's still my friend because uh, uh, I feel like he's talking to me too. There's things that I need to fix in my life that I'm willing to turn over to the Lord. You know, I remember before I said, if he ever, uh, if he ever asks me to, I will. And... I think, (laughs) I think the time is upon us. So I think it's time for me to just listen in to the Holy Spirit and repent. You know, he gives you the opportunity. So don't be ashamed to repent. That's the whole reason he gave it to us. But we're just going to get into it. Mm -hmm. Has tolerance caused spiritual compromise? Faith, obedience, and love for God will guide you to persevere. If you are really honest with yourself, have you begun to tolerate sin? Simply ignoring sin is not enough. If Satan can get you to compromise in one area of your life, the next area will be easier. Confront sin and seek repentance. God looks at your heart and motives. Mm -hmm. God always gives us a way out and time to repent. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart. When you persevere in faith, hope, and love in Christ, you will grow deeper in the things of God and will accomplish great things. Jesus knows the intense pressure you're facing, the trials, suffering, and afflictions. He also knows your faithfulness. Sometimes fighting the spiritual battle before us can become so consuming that we take our spiritual eyes off God. Let us not be fooled or seduced into thinking spiritual compromise or watered-down values are okay or acceptable to God. Mm -hmm. Listen to the Spirit of God. Be spiritually on guard and press in. Choose today to be an overcomer. Practice spiritual discipline and be guided by the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. Passionately seek the love of God and share it with those around you. Pray trust the Lord, and walk in faith. Always remember God is in control no matter how things may appear. People will take notice and listen when they witness your faith. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, pray, trust the Lord, and walk in faith. Sometimes it's not easy, man. Sometimes it's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> It's not easy, man. You gotta you gotta keep doing it until you change your belief system if it really means what you say it means to you. You have to be willing to change. 
God is the only one who doesn't change. And I know how hard it is. I just told y'all. This going to be something I'm dealing with as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing this together. We're growing. whole reason I started this podcast is that it's so we can grow together. You know, whenever I'm speaking to everyone and, or when I'm, whenever I'm talking about like learning or something, I don't be like, you guys need to learn or y'all need to get this together and get yourselves it. No, I always say we, and I do that intentionally because I am not excused from God's teachings, you know, just because I'm on here saying this stuff on the podcast to you guys. I'm just a microphone. I'm not, a not excused from it, you know? So sometimes when I read this stuff, God is sometimes, every time I read something and talk about it on here, it's not just for you guys. God is also speaking to me. And that's why he's so awesome. He gives us the opportunity to learn. (laughs) We're all children. I saw this meme earlier and it was like, uh, I'm tired of being an adult. (laughs) I'm a child of God. I want to be a child. (laughs) And I thought it was funny because there is no adult of God. We're all his children. So no one is excused from his teaching. You just need to seek repentance. That's all. Don't be afraid. So going on this one. Thyatira, a church that embraced evil, a call not to tolerate sin. Simply ignoring sin is not enough. We are continuing our study of the seven churches, right? So first one, Ephesus had forsaken their first love. Second one, Smyrna experienced persecution and were encouraged not to fear. Uh, Third, Pergamum, where some appeared to be seduced and were displaying a morally compromised lifestyle. Today, we'll be looking at the church of Thyatira, a church that appeared to tolerate sin and was teaching Yeah, and teaching that was misleading some believers. And now I'm going to read Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 through 29 in King James Version. version, Just because I feel like it it articulates certain things a little bit more. Because it's really easy to like misread the Bible or to be like, oh my God, I said that. I'm so offended. Remember, like I said yesterday, guys. We need to read the Bible as if we have zero prior knowledge of anything and then ask God what it really means. Because some of this stuff, it's like, ah, well, you know, I want to do this and I want to do that. But it's like, what does God say about it? Honestly, like it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm going to say this to make myself feel better about it. But what does God actually say about it? That's what really matters, you know? So, I said, 18, 29. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. Because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, 
to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent for her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye already hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall, yea, shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Amen. Mm -hmm. So, the city of Thyatira was about 30 to 35 miles southeast of Pergamum and was known for its wool and dye industries that Lydia was a part of, according to the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 16, verse 14. The city was also known for having trade guilds, what we might call unions, and if you were not a part of a trade guild, most likely you were not successful. The city was located along a trade route and had a small military garrison to protect the well-known city of Pergamum. John commends the church for its works and acts of love, along with their service and perseverance of faith. The believers were becoming more involved in acts of love and faith than they were in the beginning. Yet, not everyone was holding firm in the gospel. Some were being led astray and embracing a compromising lifestyle. Where the believers in Pergamum were influenced to compromise morally, some believers in Thyatira were not only being led astray spiritually, but they were beginning to tolerate what was being taught and embrace the sin immorally. Yeah, or embrace the sin and immorality. In Pergamum, the evil influence was beginning to infiltrate the church. In Thyatira, the evil teaching was being promoted and tolerated by uh, believers. And they were being misled to believe the teaching that was spiritually acceptable. That the teaching was spiritually acceptable. John warned the believers in Thyatira that tolerating false teaching was wrong. And by allowing wayward teaching... They were saying it was okay. John openly calls out that the woman called Jezebel, who called herself a prophetess, by allowing her to do as she liked and teach such ungodly things, they were approving of her teaching. Mm -hmm. Don't do anything that might lead another believer to sin. Mm -hmm. Jezebel was leading believers astray. She was teaching believers that sexual immorality was okay. And she embraced the practice of eating foods that was offered as worship to false gods as acceptable without concern. 
Friends, the act of eating food that was sacrificed to idols was wrong because the believer would give the impression to others that it was okay to participate in the worship of idols. The Apostle Paul addressed the idea of eating meat that was sacrificed to an idol in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul tells the Corinthian believers not to eat the meat if it will cause another believer to stumble, reminding that the believer or reminding the believer that there really is one God. In other words, Paul says to give thanks to God, but do not let your liberty cause another believer or anyone for that matter to sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 28 to 32. And for that reason, Paul chose not to eat. Paul did not consider the false gods to be gods at all. He knew there was only one true God and rejected the worship of God uh, of idols as nonsense. Yeah. Yet some believers in Thyatira seemed to be following a teaching where the food was offered as a sacrifice to idols was to be given little thought as to how it might affect the believer's conscience or the conscience of others. But not for the same reason as Paul. Instead, they simply didn't care and chose to satisfy their own desires. Friends, giving little thought to sin or rebellion is very dangerous and it will spill over into other areas of your life, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. The enemy of your soul has a way of seducing you into thinking and reasoning that some sin and evil act is simply okay when it is anything but okay. Don't give Satan the satisfaction of getting to you. Society will tell you to be tolerant regarding some lifestyle. The world will tell you that you need to be more tolerant regarding sin. Some may say that the Bible is out of date with society and the way of life today. They might claim that what the Bible once called sin is okay now. But there is only one problem with that kind of thinking. Sin is sin. Understand. God looks at your heart and motives. In the Sermon on the Mount, we learn that sin is more than an act. It is also a matter of the heart. Matthew chapter 5 verses, 20, uh, verses 7 through 29. The enemy of your soul will try to seduce you into believing a lie. Just ask Eve. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Friends, the church is not to tolerate sin in its midst. Rather, we are to confront sin and seek repentance. The church of Thyatira was not to tolerate, but rather to confront the sin and the evil lifestyle that Jezebel was presenting to actually be sin and regret, regret it, lol, reject it. Just as we must always confront and reject sin within our own hearts. Where believers in Pergamum were being seduced into an immoral lifestyle, the believers in Thyatira were embracing and tolerating the teaching in the church and the lifestyle that it promoted to be acceptable. It appears there was a progressiveness of sinfulness in these seven churches. Truth is that the enemy of your soul will not give up trying to get you to turn from worshiping Jesus. If the enemy can infiltrate a church through false teaching or seduction, he will. 
If he can get you to think that you are okay by misleading thoughts or worldly thinking, he will. If he can get you to compromise in one area of your life, the next area will be easier. When sin or false teaching is not confronted, it will spread and take root to lead the entire community of believers to sin and turn away from God Almighty. God always gives us a way out. The Son of God confronts the sin that was being tolerated in the church. First, the believers are commended for how they uh, for how they lived, but Jesus wouldn't allow the believers who were tolerating sin to pull other believers into sin and adultery. Second, the believers are confronted with tolerating false teaching and immoral lifestyles. And then lastly, uh, then Jezebel and all those who followed her teaching are called to repent. Friends, <laughs> friends, friends, God will always give you time to repent. However, if you choose not to, he will deal with you in a severe way. Verses 22 and 23 tell us that God will allow the rebellious believer who is unwilling to change his way to suffer severe consequences unless they repent. God desires the sinner to repent. Otherwise, why would he give time for the person to repent? But if they choose not to repent, God will will repay the sinner according to their deeds. Now, a lot of people, I'm going to pause right there. A lot of people could very much easily turn that around and be like, oh my God, he's going to do this if he, uh, if I don't do, you know, if I don't list him or do something like that. And if you want me to be real, the answer is yes. (laughs) Like, but that's the whole, uh, that's kind of like the whole theme of following his will and asking for things. If it's like, or like, you know, let thy will be done. You know, if our will doesn't align with his, uh, bad stuff is probably going to happen, but not like your world is going to turn upside down, but it's like he's repaying you according to your deeds. Does that make sense to you guys? Like if he, if he created your life and knows a way that you should go and then you're like, I want to go that way, but I feel like going another way that I know does not line up with that way. You, the the both both paths you can't expect both of them to have the same outcome you know and when you think about it like that it's like honestly that that makes sense you know so it's like what do you really want to do do you want to live for yourself or do you want to live for god cuz if you live for god you're you're going to end up living for yourself like when you live for God, you're going to end up enjoying all of the things that he has planned for you. He wouldn't, he wouldn't plan. He plans for, for everything is for your good and not for evil. You know, he doesn't want to punish you. He wants, he desires the sinner to repent. He like literally allows us to sin just so we could come and repent. Otherwise, why would he give time for the person to repent? He loves you. He just wants you to do what's best for you, you know? So, continuing. 
John does not mince words. He is stating that God will not tolerate sin and he will deal with the person according to the person's deeds. Only after the rebellious believer is warned to repent does God address the remaining believers in Thyatira. He uses the term <clears throat> rebellious believer because John is writing to the church. John is writing to believers, not unbelievers. That is why it is so important that believers pray and ask the Holy Spirit to search their hearts and to consider how they are living. John warns the believers to make sure they are not involved or even tolerate any of Satan's deep secrets. God is not imposing some spiritual uh, burden or holier-than-thou lifestyle on the believer. He does not ask you to do more than what you know Scripture teaches. That's true. He's not asking us to do any more than what Scripture teaches. You, as a believer, are not expected to be perfect. You are not expected to be sinless. But every believer is called to repent from sin. Every believer is expected to avoid sin and not live a spiritually compromised lifestyle by refusing to be misled by false teaching. It is a truth that sets a believer free, and it is faith in the love of God, along with loving others, that will guide you to persevere and live a lifestyle of obedience and service uh, to Christ. When you persevere in faith, hope, and love in Christ, you will grow deeper in the things of God and will accomplish greater things as time goes on. Be aware that taking sin lightly is only the start of turning your back on God. Dang. You will soon find yourself in a downward spiral spiritually and immorality. Yeah, yeah, and immorality will have no effect on you. Soon your conscience will become spiritually callous regarding sin, and the idea of living a life set apart unto God is forgotten. And that's true. It happens to... to it happens to a lot of people, you know, sometimes I, I be on my Christian pages on Instagram and whatnot, looking at memes. And I saw this one, this one comment earlier that caught my attention. Cause I was like, I mean, I guess <laughs> I saw it. I was like, I mean, I guess he was like, um, it was like about a child, you know, a child was like reciting verses, like they memorized verses and it was talking about bringing your, your children up in the way of the Lord, you know, and this guy commented and he was like, why do you, uh, teach your son to follow a, like a fake, like a fake, uh, something. He didn't say God. He said like a fake something. And then he was like, oh yeah, I tried all that stuff, fasting and praying, blah, blah, blah. And this and that, this and that. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? Like, if you really had faith, you wouldn't be sitting here talking about none of that jive worked. Like, I was sitting there like, Lord, what is, how does this make sense? He's like, oh, I did all that. You know, I did all this. I did all that. I read the Bible like four times over. But I, I'm like, you have eyes, but clearly you didn't see. How can you read the Bible and be like, oh, none of it connected with me? Like, it's because I feel like when people go and read the Bible to try and prove something, 
they be reading it as like I said, they be reading it as uh as if they have prior knowledge to everything that's in here. You know, I, I bet somebody read the uh something about the flesh must die and was like, Oh my god, is he telling me like we should just go? Like we should we jump and it's like that doesn't even make sense. That person that went and read this Bible over four times did not have an open heart reading this. They could not have. There's no way you can follow God and then decide not to and be like, it just didn't work for me, bro. Like, did you really? I feel like, did you really have faith when you were doing that stuff? But that's besides the point. That's besides the point. And I forgot where I was. Do 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 confident spiritually yeah, spiritually callous regarding sin, the idea of living a life set apart unto God is forgotten. It just it's happened so many times. You know, just keep your faith in God and and what was it talking about earlier? That's why it's so important that believers pray and ask the Holy Spirit to teach their to search their hearts and to consider how they are living. Bro, cause it, it, I'm sure, I'm sure that person that went and said, I did all this, blah, 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 yada, 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 and it didn't work. This, uh, they probably read this part and was like, ah, that doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me. Or like, ah, they're being too harsh or, you know, but I don't think that God is being harsh. I think that he's just laying it out as it is, you know? Like, and all of this is sourced in his love. But like he said, he gives everybody a chance to repent. If you choose not to, you, you know, don't be surprised when, you know, when the outcome happens and it doesn't look like God is in your favor. Because, you know, it just, it, just, it just makes sense, man. <laughs> if your will doesn't line up with God's, then that you know that that's there's not really much else to say we all one day physically die and that is until jesus returns for his church but that does not mean it is due to a sin you committed i also believe any physical sickness a person experiences can be used by god for good which is very true for some to address the spiritual sicknesses within their heart for others to be a witness of their faith in God. No matter the case, I do not believe anyone will die physically without an opportunity to repent. Even the vilest of sinners will not be able to say that they did not have an opportunity to believe. And that is why the church and every believer should ask the Holy Spirit to search their hearts and to show the world the way of repentance. Mm-hmm. Only genuine faith in Jesus in a lifestyle of obedience will confront a lifestyle compromise and tolerance towards sin. That is absolutely true. You can't fix something without like actually fixing it. Then we see the reward to the one who overcomes and remains faithful is twofold. They'll be given authority over nations, Revelation chapter 2 verse 26. And they will be given the morning star, referring to Jesus. Revelation chapter 2, verse 28, and chapter 22, verse 16. There is a huge difference between the believer who overcomes 
and the one who refuses to repent. Because at the end of the day, that's really what it is, bro. At the end of the day, it's only two choices. If God asks you to do something, you're either going to do it or you're going to resist and not do it. That is what it is. You're either going to overcome that or you're going to refuse to repent. Because repenting isn't just, Lord, I'm sorry, and then going back and doing it again. Repenting is, Lord, I'm sorry, and then actively changing your belief system to, like, eradicate the sin that you're doing. (sighs) I know. It hurts, guys, because a lot of us are doing, like, stuff that we might be like, you know what, this might not entirely make God happy, you know? But, but we, we are like, ah, you know, that's just me or that's something that I always do. Or, you know, just because it's repetitive doesn't always mean that it's right. And I'll say that talking to myself too, because there's things that I can fix, you know? So we're in this together, guys. We're in this together. The one who refuses to repent will find themselves on a bed of suffering and spiritually dead where the believer who overcomes will find themselves ruling over the nations. They will be alive forever with Christ. John ends the letter to the church of Thyatira with the words, whoever has ears, let them hear. Revelation chapter two, verse 29. No one will be able to say they never knew to repent. No one will have an excuse or be able to say that they were not warned of the coming judgment for those who refused to believe. So, what do you believe? The question before us today is, what do I believe? The question is not, do I love the Lord? And it's not, do I have faith or am I doing good in helping others? The question is, am I tolerant towards sin in my life? And am I unwilling to repent? That's a heavy one. That is a, that's a, that's a hard one. (laughs) Am I tolerant towards sin in my life? And am I willing, am I unwilling to repent? Will you confront the sin of spiritual compromise that has promoted an ungodly lifestyle? Or will you simply tolerate it? We must apply the scripture to every situation and ask the Holy Spirit to give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to our hearts, to confess our sin and fully embrace without reservation the love and forgiveness of God, to remain steadfast in faith against the winds of social tolerance and to be on guard against the tricks and schemes of the enemy of our souls. Amen. That one was a doozy, but God loves us. He wouldn't say or do or present anything to us to harm us because what he wants, not our good, but our greatest good. He loves us so much that he is willing to, 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 to discipline us, to correct us whenever we need to be corrected. That's the best type of friend. I hope you guys don't have any friends that let you sit around, say anything, and do anything to people, and don't hold you accountable. Those are not your friends. Those are people pleasers. You need friends in your life that will that will help you, that will, you know, won't mind correcting you. Friends should be able to say 
anything to each other and anything as in holding each other accountable. So be, be open to taking criticism to people, especially when you know you are the one in the wrong. Mm-hmm. And now our whispers of wisdom day 18. All right. Now I'm just going to read this one as it is. <laughs> the princess look is in. The princess has lots of places to shop, but we'll wait. Yeah, but wait until you hear about this exclusive design. You can't find it just anywhere. Shucks, your favorite outfits are buried in a heap of dirty clothes. So you settle for one that's kind of blah. Time to do the laundry, right? Well, does God have the outfit for you? It's always clean and ready to put on every day. Not to worry, none of your friends will tire of it because God makes it princess perfect. God wants you to step out of the flimsy outfit of despair and step into the stunning outfit of joy. With God as its designer, it'll be fashionable anytime. Excuse me, anytime. Joy never wears out. Mm -hmm. The more you wear it, the better it looks. Ha! Joy comes from knowing that God holds the details of your life just as he keeps the whole world in his hands. What a deal. Don't wait to make the switch because you'll always look good in the designer's outfit. It's waiting for you. Mm -hmm. Whisper of wisdom. The Lord has anointed me to bestow on them a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Mm -hmm. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 and 3. Mm -hmm. Yes, actually, I'm going to go and look at uh, Isaiah chapter 61 before I go. Before I go. Because there's a bunch of dot, dot, dots, and I want to see what the whole thing says. So Isaiah. Mm -mm 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 -mm. I hope you guys' day has been good. I know this one uh, probably, probably hit a lot close to home. I'm not even going to say a little close to home. It probably hit very close to home, but that's okay because we want God to correct us. You know, if we didn't need correction, he wouldn't be correcting us. So take it with a grain of salt and say, thank you for the correction and then do better moving forward. That way you can receive all that he wants to give you. He wants to give you stuff. That way you can give stuff to other people. He wants to bless you so that you can bless others. You know, can't bless others if you're not blessed. <laughs> so bless, you know, get blessed. Say thank you. Repent, do better, and we all going to be all right. Mm -hmm. So Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. Right, yeah, one, yeah, one through three. So, the Lord's anointed. Let's read this. Let's read this in New King James Version. All right. This, the good news of salvation. 
The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance to our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness by the plant, yeah, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Amen. And I will re I'll leave you guys with that. I hope you all have a beautiful night. I will see you tomorrow in part five and you guys get some good sleep. I love you. Mm.